Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Oh my God, boys and girls, it's that time. It's been 300 weeks, 300 weeks, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 300. We've actually got here together. I was wondering who was going to make it, me or you, but we all made it. Episode 300, unbelievable. I can't believe I'm here. More importantly, I'm glad y'all are here and I got something special for this episode. For 300 weeks, I've been waiting for this interview. This is the interview that if you're driving the car, you need to pull over. Make it, Just pull over gently, get out of traffic. If you're, on the, if you're on the treadmill, good God, stop and get off the treadmill, get a piece of paper. This one's going to be good. I, it's cliche to say special guest because the, that does not properly identify the guest that I've got today. I've got the person, the man who helped me get out of my own way many, many years ago. Part of the inspiration, as a matter of fact, behind the Cashflow Guys podcast, none other than the man, Jay Massey from Cashflow Diary. Jay, are you with me? I am. And I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Did you know what I was thinking? If it's episode 300, I wonder how many people bowl and they're going to make like listen to this one first. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's, I can't believe it's been 300 episodes. Yeah. I, hey, I know the feeling. I, I, right. I know the feeling. Right. How and many? you you don't think about it when you first get started. So here, here's my here's a question. When you first did episode one, what did you think? episode 300 was going to be like i couldn't count that high back then jay <laughs> good point, good point. i was excited for episode 100 and then that flew by and now we're then we hit 200 and now we're at 300 and nobody knows where we're gonna stop right so have you gone back to listen to episode one ever like i, I, I did and then i usually wind up having to go into hiding for a couple of days and <laughs> I know, right? You're like, oh my God, I made that. And I was happy about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of folks listening are probably like, I don't mention a lot of folks on the show, right? I don't have guests that often. And I'm bringing you on because you were one of the people that was instrumental. And I said that in the intro of me helping me get out of my own way. And I know you're doing that now in a, in a, in a grand scale. I mean, you've really jumped things up. And I remember coming back. I remember when we were you were teaching me how to wholesale and we were going over negotiating and raising private capital and all the stuff. And you demystified everything. You made things simple. It was your manner of teaching that resonated with me to, as I say, get out of my own way. It's what got me the first building and then the second building and then the third building and then the fifth and the sixth and then the grew, right? And then Jay, out of the blue, you make that right-hand turn. I'm in the apartment space because Jay, my mentors in the apartment space, Jay sells out of all of his and all of his investments, thought maybe he'd lost his mind. What is he possibly doing? And you get into short term rentals out of the blue short term rentals. What took you there? <laughs> you know, what's funny that so many people had that same experience. <laughs> like, well, what are you doing? Why? What, right. what do I not know? <laughs> Something must be up. And, and, and here's the thing. I was looking for a way to generate, believe it or not, I was actually looking for a way to generate more active income. When your real estate portfolio gets to a certain size, right. you end up with a ton of carry forwards. And you're like, that's just in my head, that's underutilized uh, uh, benefits. And that means if I had more, even more active income, uh, I, I would be able to do something with that income in a tax-free situation. So I was like, okay, what can I do? Uh, I was looking at um, 
what did we look at? El Pollo Loco franchises. We did Jiffy Lube franchises, other QSR restaurants. Um, we were looking at all kinds of things. Laundromats, I remember that. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't find the, the, the mix of income that I wanted with the amount of uh, passivity, if you will. I didn't want to have to be in the store and all this other stuff. Right. And what happened is one of the other students came and, and just asked me, hey, could we sit down? Because they were looking at, uh, they were doing short, or, or what was it, uh, student housing at the time. Okay. And they had just raised some capital and they wanted me to look at the two things that they had going on. And when I saw the numbers, I was like, what is this thing? Tell me more. <laughs> and we had to, I, I just had to wrap my brain around the concept. And then I just told them, I was like, look, not only is this good and you should continue, I'm going to help you do it better. Right. And, and and we gave them some systems and now they do it much better. So I imagine a lot of those systems came from trial and then the big old E word <laughs> error. Yeah, um, bro. What was that price? like? I mean, what was that process like? Was it? Was no, no, no. Price. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big price. <laughs> Let's be clear. Right. Oh my God. I mean, you, you have to, okay. So I have to describe like the first short term rental. This is how it went down. Uh, my wife went to Chicago, right. Chicago on a Thursday, I believe it was. So that meant I was home by myself. The kids were, it was summer kids were gone uh, over to grandparents house. So it's just me now you leaving me alone um, <laughs> is not necessarily a good thing all the time. Cause I'll come up and I'll invent something else to do. Right. And that's what happened. <laughs> this idea was floating in the back of my head. And I was like, aha, now I can go. And I just started driving all around Orange County um, and started asking landlords <laughs> to let me lease their property. And within that weekend, what happened is after I got a whole bunch of no's, um, I got a yes. All right. So you got to understand what happened. So she's gone on Thursday right. while she's gone. I'm driving around. I'm not telling her I'm driving around. I had vaguely mentioned this idea before she left. While she's gone, I get a yes. Since I got a yes, I'm like, well, I know what to do here. I know how to follow through and sign documents. And that's what I had done. And now after I signed, I didn't get a message from her reminding me that, you know, hey, can you pick me up at the airport? That type of thing. I was like, yeah, it'll be perfect. In fact, when you get off the plane, we need to go to Target. She's like, what? Why Target? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best I knew. That I was, was like, hey, we got to buy furniture and we got to outfit an entire apartment because while you were gone, I decided to sign a couple of leases and this is what we're doing. So if you can imagine. <laughs> right. It, that's what happened. And uh, I needed some help putting that sucker together. And needless to say, the way we put them together today, we don't go to Target. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. still, That's changed just a little bit, has it? A lot of it, a lot of it, right. because now I don't even have to go, man, I don't even have to go to the units, but that's all another story. Right. That's a beautiful thing. How long did it take you guys? So you, you, you sign the lease, you get these, this first unit going or first couple units or whatever it is. How long did it take you to get to the point where you're profitable or are you profitable right out of the gate? What does that look right like? Out, right out of the gate. Because I, at, at first I was, I didn't. I was in what I called my experimental testing phase. So I didn't want to go too fast because I know how I can be. Right. And, um, but what happened is that the numbers proved that at that time it took six days, six days of reservations made all of the expenses for the month per unit. So I was just like, wait a minute, 
<laughs> I, I'm like, if that happens in six days, what about the rest? There's right. 24. There's a lot more month. And needless to say, in a very short period of time, we ended up at uh, like 10 units because I was like, OK, well, if that's going to keep happening, then these numbers mean this. And that's that that's what happened inside of like 60 days. We were at 10 units plus and we were just off to the races now doing things completely backwards, because uh, even at that time we had all of our uh, supply closets were internal. They were literally inside each unit. Don't do that. That was a very that was probably the most expensive mistake um uh, of all but that that's definitely something we were doing then we don't do that now and it, it took us a while to undo that one it's long but we finally got that fixed uh, as well i see you know i talked to a lot of folks that want to do the short terminal thing they're they they like the idea the concept they kind of come up but they immediately come up with these objections like well i wouldn't do that i wouldn't lease my apartment out that I own to one of these short terminal operators. So I find that a lot of people wind up talking themselves out of it before they even get started because they think they automatically decided it's something that they themselves wouldn't do. So why would someone even consider renting them an apartment? Like you said, you got a bunch of no's uh, right out of the gate when you were out talking to people, but it, you did start getting yeses, right? So obviously it's a numbers game. The more questions you ask, the better your odds are of actually getting a yes. What do you say to the person that's already talked themselves out of this? They Realize that there's people like you and I that are doing it, that are making great money. There's people all over the country, all over the world that are doing this. This is a viable business. Banks are looking at financing these businesses now, which is something that's unheard of. All kinds of great stuff in this industry. What do you say to the person that's basically talking themselves out of it because they fear that no process right in the front? Well, the the fact that you fear it is exactly my opportunity is number one. Because you fear, you stay on the sidelines, thus leaving the way open for those who are willing to, to go in. And, and right behind that is it's not about you. It never was. It's about solving a problem. The, see, the difference is you think the landlord is giving you an opportunity you, quote unquote, don't deserve. I know that you are solving a landlord's problem in a mutually agreeable fashion. And that's the difference. You know, it's not like, could you imagine like if, hey, someone said I wanted to be a doctor and someone said, I, I can't even believe someone would. Why would someone ever want to let me heal them? Right. That would be silly. Exactly. But that's what you're saying when you say, why would a landlord do it? Why? 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 Well, because they have a problem. That's why any of us do anything. You didn't buy uh, that $4 bottle of water from the vending machine because you wanted to spend $4 on it. No, you were thirsty. You had a problem. And then an entrepreneur put the vending machine in the right place at the right time. And it didn't matter the price because you were going to pay it. And you did. That's right. Period. That's right. And you went and made it easy to pay for it. I put one of those little debit card slots in there. <laughs> no, those things. Right. I got to figure out how to do that. Right. Can't be that hard. All we need is an internet connection. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure so many little things come along with short-term rentals, and that's actually one of them right. that I've not yet figured out. <laughs> awesome. One of the things that we did, I think you'll appreciate, is so we our first building was a four-unit building, and there's a there was this extra piece of land sitting there. I remember you used to talk about this way back in the wholesaling days about what you could do with the extra dirt, and I kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it, and of course, you know, it takes me. I'm not as I'm a little slower than everybody else sometimes to to the obvious. I got this big old RV. I'm like, you know, my RV would fit there with room. It's like, that's interesting. So next thing you know, instead of putting my own RV there, I just put up some poles to stupid proof it from the people that can't back up their own RV. So they wouldn't take out my air conditioners, added a 50 amp service connection at 300 bucks. And now I rent that bad boy out at 50 bucks a night 
for the dirt. That's all you get for 50 bucks a night is you get a place to plug your rig in the end. I mean, wow. The opportunity that comes out of this is crazy. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. See, and, and someone else would hear that same thing and go, but man, I have to, then I have to research what poles to use. And Oh, what about the electricity? Then I, I might have to apply for the city. They, they interpret that same thing completely differently about all of those details and go, well, I don't know how to do any of that. So I can't do it. Right. Well, somebody does. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But I could still do that exactly. because, see, here's what just happened. I, I'm, I'm an escrow on 20 acres down in Texas. Right. And I've been wondering, what could I do in the meantime while waiting for permits? Uh, thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and half these days, give it 12 months, you're probably not even going to need electricity out there because all these RVers are self-contained now. I was. I had a complete solar system, lithium battery system. I just need a place to park where the cops won't knock on my window at two in the morning and people pay 50 bucks a night for that privilege, by the way. Nice. Okay. Love it. Even better. See, keep that in mind, which gets, leads me to a lot of different options out there for property, right? I mean, there's, you're in California, you're in Orange County. I'm here in Key West, obviously Key West, which is something we could talk about a little bit later, but Key West is a very unique market all in itself. And it's one of the few communities that actually caters to short-term rentals. They realize that short-term rentals are a huge piece. Tourism is what makes Key West tick, which is why I'm raising money and buying guest houses down here and converting them. Whole other story, but property selection, how do you, what makes you decide between an apartment or going the single family house route? I mean, there's, I see the guys with the $5,000 a month, nice house on the beach versus the person that rents a, an apartment in an apartment building and rents it out as a, on a nightly basis on Airbnb. How do you decide which way to go? Yeah. For, for me, it's, it always comes down to deciding who do I, who do I want keyword want to serve? Who do I get along with? What type of person is that? Who do, whose experience do I want to customize? And more importantly, when they have a problem, can I, adequately interpret their problem as an emergency. And this is, I mean, it's the same thing that we see displayed in retail and in the airlines and hospital hospitality all the time. When you look at Walmart, Target and Nordstrom, they all sell shirts. The question is, which headache do I want to deal with? Because each customer has a different expectation when they come to the store. And for me, the expectation around um, the apartment person is is what I want to do. Plus, I want to buy the apartment building. So while, yes, the the started by divesting of, of all of the stuff, uh, apartments, we're we're back to buying. But and what's interesting is it it's the, it was always intended to be just a cheaper way to buy the best apartment building on every block. And that's the biggest difference that people are still missing when it comes to the short-term rental arbitrage game. It is a tool to help you buy whatever it is you want to buy. I see. Cheap. That, that's a good point. And that's what a lot of, actually, that's a lot of what we're seeing down here in Key West um, is that <clears throat> the, they've been running these guest houses since the beginning of time, since the basically right? the seventies, because there was a big economic crash here years ago, back in the seventies and the sixties in Key West when the military moved out. Well, now they've replaced that with tourism. And, and what we see down here is underperformance. 
Just to give you an idea, oh, statistically, oh, 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 oh. I thought they replaced it with alligators. <laughs> right? No, that's we're, gonna, we're surrounded in salt water all the way down here in this tiny little island, so the alligators stay away. They don't like the salt water. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's okay. the Everglades. Right. That's the Everglades. So what we see nationwide, and I'm curious what what you're what you're seeing in California is. That I've noticed that the hotel occupancy rates hover around sixty percent as a national average. That's what I'm seeing statistically. But in Key West, year over a ten year average, we're hovering at eighty seven percent occupancy. And currently in 2021 in Key West, because of all the surge with the COVID and whatnot, we're at 98% occupancy on the island. It's absolutely insanity. What are you seeing over on the, the, the other coast? Same. They, it, it's the same. It's it's 100% the same. What what has happened is, I, I think I called it back in, in April of 2020. I, I went on a live stream and I called it the Rediscover America Tour. when Because that's when the planes got grounded, international travel shut down. Right. It doesn't remove a human's desire to get out the house. Right. They're going to go somewhere <laughs> and they're going to find a place to go. Even if it means I got to pack the kids. I was going to say in the station wagon, but I'm going to say Tesla now. I'm going to pack the kids in the Tesla and drive down to someplace that nobody's heard of. And we're going to do something and we're going to find uh, a place to stay and it's going to be great. And you're not going to complain about it because it's the only option we got anyway. And I think that's, that's really what's still happening will continue to happen. It is a great time to be in the short-term rental space simply because we have a window of opportunity to gain a market share and solidify the use case so that the consumer's habits permanently change. I see. And then you're saying now the shift that you're making or seeing is that we're now using this model to acquire properties, to actually buy them or to, to control yeah. properties for the long-term hold. Yeah. 100% because it's no different. And, and it is many people will relate to this, especially if you have any experience in uh, options. Uh, so in it, 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 it's just the very same strategy that Warren Buffett uses. Uh, he is what's known as a cash secured put. It's a way of, purchasing, quote unquote, the stock for long term hold, but lowering your cost basis, a.k.a. buying the stock at a discount. And that's exactly functionally, mathematically, we're doing the exact same thing when you go in with an apartment building or to an apartment landlord and maybe it's a 20 unit building and you want to lease out 10 of them. Great. The, the, the income you receive from those 10 then later can be used to help uh, offset or eliminate completely the down payment. But more importantly, as you alluded to, now lenders are finally beginning to understand how to underwrite what we do. And I've got one <laughs> that says they'll give you up to an additional 30% above market rent as credit so long as you've operated that building or at, I want to say it's, I think it's two years still. So it's still a little restrictive from that sense. Right. But at the same time, the fact that credit for above market rent is starting to happen. That's huge. That, that's exciting. That's very exciting. <laughs> that's really, really exciting <clears throat> because I love the power of leverage, especially in this business. My goodness. Cause it's just making money hand over fist, which brings me to, you've got a, a two camps. You've got the person that wants to be hands-on, is active, put systems in place and whatnot. I'm in that camp. You're in that camp as op functioning as operators. But then you got the person that, well, they like the idea of the, of the profits, but they don't really want to do the work. Um, give me some tips for the person listening. That's like, well, I can't decide. Should I just get one in my own market and 
grow it at a speed I'm comfortable or do I just invest in somebody else's like a syndicate or something like that or a fund? I know you're doing a fund. I'm doing a fund. Help them decide which way makes more sense for them. Well, the, here's the answers. How quickly do you want to get to seven? Right. This business of short-term rental operating is, it is a bear until you get to around somewhere between seven and 10 units, because at that moment, then you have the uh, financial capacity to build what we call a customer experience team. If you don't want to build your business until you get to 10, uh, you, 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 then that that's an automatic, <laughs> yeah, just go with someone else because that's going to be the best way for you to play. Someone who has, uh, you know, already superseded that particular spot and more importantly has the customer experience team in place, what you are seeing, yes, they're doing it. I'm doing it, but it, it today, man, this interview is going to be longer than the amount of time that I will invest inside the short-term rental business this week. Right. So it, it's like, you know, so the systems are set up. If you're not willing to build into that point, then don't start <laughs> because the truth of the matter is uh, until you're at 10, it, this, it, it will, you will die from the amount of communication that is required. The amount of there, there are only so many times that you can, do you really need another blanket? I mean, really, yeah. really It'd be okay. <laughs> won't you, you know, you'll die if you don't have all the systems in place. I promise. One thing we've seen and we've, to your point, you know, identifying who our avatar is, who we're serving was one of the things that we didn't do initially. You know, I, it always takes me a minute to listen to Jay and then I refer back to the training and go, okay, got to apply what uh, I've learned. That's why he said that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> got to reply, reply, go back to what we've learned. And when we started getting serious on who we're, who we're marketing to, for example, COVID hit initially, we were reliant on Airbnb and Verbo for our reservations and we lost $85,000 in reservations in 18 hours. It was just nuts. And uh, so there was that issue, but now our customer base is completely focused on folks relocating to Florida. The beauty of it is that type of client to serve them is not rocket science because what I really need to provide them is not a hotel room. It's short-term housing. They're moving their entire family. So we've taken steps and put systems in place to accommodate that. So I don't get the 2 a.m. in the morning. I need a towel. I don't get, we don't have any of those. We, you know, we upgraded and we got the faster internet. We got the, the TVs. We got the really super comfortable furniture because their butt's going to be parked in it for a while while they're waiting for construction to happen and, or they're waiting for the realtor to get the closings done in their house. And by serving that client, man, it's been, I mean, our properties are across the state. We're 350 miles away from our properties. I'm going to them in a week, mainly because I have to get something out of one of my sheds. Otherwise I, <laughs> I have no need to go there. I'm having the roof replaced remotely. Roofers are going there. I'm not. You know, we've, we've got our team members in place. We don't have to really do anything. It's completely remote. Now, that said, getting started here in Key West was a different animal. Key West is a small town, and it's very much a, above a network who you know. And, you know, everything is pretty deeply rooted here, and it's a very heavily regulated community in Key West when it comes to short-term rental uh, and whatnot. So we had to kind of we, – we moved here to immerse ourselves in the community and figure out who's – doing what and where we're going. There's a, there's an actual short-term rental license that you have to require to buy here in, in, in Key West. It's called a transient license. It's for any reservations less than 28 days. And there's a limited number. They haven't issued them since 2012 was the last time a new license was generated. Now they, they're a commodity that's traded, which I don't know if you've seen this on your side. And so I want to bring this up, Jay. Spinoffs of this industry are becoming tradable commodities. For example, a short-term rental license 
in the city of Key West, the market value on it is between two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for me to transfer you a license. I mean, yes, yes, yes. We have some. We we have similar things going on out here, specifically in Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, think you know the mouse controls everything. Sure. That's also known as Disneyland. Um, and the, the the difference though is that the city of Anaheim made that license follow the property. So you have these abhorrent comps, if you will, uh, all through neighborhoods because that one has the license and they've stopped issuing new ones. So it's it. Yes. The, yes, absolutely. All of these abnormalities are just a sign of what happens when government gets involved in things it shouldn't. And yet at the same time. I hope everyone hears that there's still an opportunity because even and especially because if you heard what what Tyler said, he said the license is for stays that are less than 28 days. Correct. And one of the unknown secrets is there's more money with the housing that's temporary but above 28 days. And that means so many jurisdictions are actually open. You just don't know it because it's not common knowledge. No one is shouting it from the rooftops other than Tyler and myself. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. How come I've not heard about it? And, and it's just take, read the ordinance. Like I know, get a whole bunch of coffee, some no dose. You did it in college. You can do it one more time. That's right. Read the ordinance because inside there man so much gold so much opportunity if you would just take the time and you know i've taken a a pet chapter out of your advice from years ago where i literally go down to city hall and i sit through the, the city council meetings i'm in the planning meetings i know everybody at code enforcement i know everybody in the planning department i've only been here since may and i've already known half of the of the city key west government and I carry a legal pad, which is an iPad, basically. And they, I'm there to learn. I want to learn about, hey, guys, I'm here to play by the rules. You taught me that, by the way. So thank you. I used to get mad at stuff like this. I used to let the rules, I'd get all bent out of shape and go, it's not fair. And I'd pout and sit on the couch. But when I took your advice and I started embracing the rules, like, okay, here's the rule. How can we work within it? And to your point, there are folks, lots of people that will pay for the, the use, the 28-day block of use. On a, on a condominium or a home in Key West, and they'll only occupy it for a week. Happens all the time. They're paying 15, 20, 25, 30, $40,000 to come down here for one week because the house is gorgeous. And the other three weeks, it sits empty. And you know what? That's okay. Because if you're getting 50 grand for a month rental on a house that costs you a million bucks, or, you know, can somebody control it's a million bucks, that math works. <laughs> twice yeah. over can, we, can i get three That's can right. we supersize it i want more That's but, right. and, and, and there's just man okay so there's so many uh, all right I, I say this all the time the least profitable part of this business is the accommodation rate it's everything else that happens afterwards which is what you're referring to this yeah. the trading of a license yeah that totally makes sense to me mm-hmm. and it's funny that that's that's one of the things it's like yep that makes sense and then but what what people don't yet see is that you got to serve the entire customer right one of the things we've recently done and we and and it's been i don't know 2 months maybe 2 months 3 months something like that we we added cars to, to everything else. Cause you know, Hey, 
to a lot of people, be day transportation. But more importantly, hear what I'm about to say. It's because of COVID that all of these things are so. Because every person wants more control over their individual environment when they travel. So that means short-term rentals are ahead in that way. Hotels have to redesign themselves. So does transportation. Because who wants to sit in public transportation when you don't know who sat there and last? But now you can have a clean, sanitized, uh, disinfected vehicle that you get to use for the entire time that you're there. That gives you a completely different feeling. And man, I thought it was great to, 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 to have the accommodation rate, but people are paying for daily rentals for cars is crazy. We, we, we put a model three, a Tesla model three up there. I had no idea. Tyler, $3,800 a month is what, it's, the car doesn't cost $3,800 a month. For those of you who have never looked at it, it's a Model 3, all right? It's the small one. Right. And oh my word, um, we, we've got some students who have a Model X, a Model X. So this is the big SUV. Um, that is uh, 7,200, 75, 7,200, somewhere in there a month of revenue. It's just like, okay, hold on. What is this? And it's all because it's connected to serving the entire customer. When your customer comes and buys something, an additional service or product anyway, and, but the, you're not the one receiving the money. To me, that's you saying that that's the customer saying, hey, you did an incomplete job. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. It's so great. Absolutely. And we're seeing that with the uh, our short term rentals in the Tarpon Springs area. All these people are coming here to relocate. Or coming to Tarpon Springs back back in Tampa, and we heck, I have a real estate license, so what do I do? Hey, realtors must love you right now. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And Tyler makes a tidy sum on referrals. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, if I was a real man, can you imagine a realtor who's listening to this that's not doing this? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, like why would you? I get. Re- I'm not even licensed, and right now I just tell my team to. Put those over here because we just like I ain't got time to do another thing or develop yet another referral source. But that's literally what happens all the time. Absolutely like does. Time. Absolutely does. And, it, and I see down here in this market talking about in Key West, they this market has figured out the hospitality industry. It's figured out problem solving. They bring you get a place down here. They'll bring a bike because that's how people get around is a bicycle in Key West or they'll bring a golf cart. They deliver them. To your front door. I mean, literally all your responsibility is to get yourself from the airport. That's about it. And and wait, 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 wait. They don't have a car service to pick you up? No. Come on. A lot of them don't, believe it or not. The hotels do. <laughs> that makes no sense. Right. That seems easy. Well, yet is the operative word there, Jay. Yet. <laughs> we've we've got we've got contracts in review. I'll put it that way. And then, no, no problem. No problem. Well, even then, even before then, you the the least you could do is send somebody some Uber credit, and they could go get an Uber Black and bring it back. Absolutely. I mean, you've got all kinds of ways to to, to make that happen. By by the way, there, there's something around the um, internet service that you know. What, I'm just going to tell you. Let's talk about it later. And you're going to get a lot of emails, right. and I'll let you decide if people if you want to tell them 
but it's uh, very profitable. We'll yeah. talk about it after though. Fair enough. Looking forward to that conversation. Those are always good ones every time we have those. <laughs> so Jay, we talked about going out and doing this ourselves. We've got the camp that is just, it's not in their cup of tea, but they do want to take part in it. They, they're getting excited listening to this conversation. They know it's the profits and the opportunities are literally endless. They want to align themselves with somebody like that's doing it, an operator that's doing it well. How does somebody from the outside that doesn't know Jay Massey, doesn't know Tyler Chef, how do they get involved in this from a passive perspective? Where do they go? You're not so, you and I are probably the only funds being drawn together right now because I've never heard of any other short term rental uh, funds that have anything to do with the short term rental industry. Uh, where people can invest. So what do you, where do people look? Well, it's, it, it's, it's kind of funny that you said that because that's exactly what we're additionally <laughs> building is a, is a crowdfunding platform uh, that will also take advantage of technology, AKA the blockchain right. to allow um, this type of investing to, to be spread far and wide. Uh, I, I here, here's what it comes down to. It's a new thing in real estate because of technology, and it's going to take some time. But yes, you and I may be the first, but we won't be the only. But because we know of companies like uh, Sonder and Stay Alfred and the others, they, the challenge was that they tried to approach it from you know, the standard Silicon Valley way. Right. And that's why that didn't work so well. This is more of a ground up situation where you, you've got to know how to operate something first before you can go. You can't just hire a, a hotel operator or someone who used to do that or someone who's operated one or two short term rentals. It doesn't work like that. It's not even taught necessarily in any of your hospitality schools. You 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 have to be in this thing in order to be able to operate the big thing from the top down. And it's just taking time for the marketplace uh, to assimilate the expertise and, and put it together. And ultimately, over time, like you have discovered, once it comes, it comes to a certain point where it's like, you know, I can help more people. All I got to do is put together some money and do this and that, and boom, we're done. And and that's exactly why that's why we did the 20 acres in, 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 in Dallas. That's the whole point. We're literally going to build um, the building (laughs) that people will eventually uh, get to use as short-term rentals in combination with long-term traditional renters. And we've been offered Oh boy, uh, building in North Dallas and then two in New Mexico as well. So it's a, it's just something that is coming to the market. And and here's the thing to hear is that the expertise on how to do it, that is the, that's the thing that's missing. That's not commoditized. Money's the commodity. It's everywhere. You, you and I, the experience that we have, right. That unique thing. And nobody knows how to find us because we're too busy doing the doggone thing to stop and say, look, over here because that's we're just that's where the opportunity is so uh, i mean you you're beginning you're saying it now i'm sure you're going to get some uh emails messages etc uh that's that's why that's what we're doing doing the same thing it's just going to take some time that's right and i gotta tell you i see i'm starting to see realtors getting on board especially down here in florida uh starting to put these short these properties out for sale on the mls as short-term rentals and one of the things we're seeing those of you listening is be careful with that Yes. I just had a, right. One of our, our buyer's agents, she's down in Key Largo, and her job working for me is that she's a buyer's agent for short-term rental operators. You want to buy an existing short-term rental in the Florida Keys, 
We have the information. We've done the math, rolled up our sleeves. We know how much they make, what their occupancy rates are. We know everything about their business model here in the Florida Keys, The entire, every single one of them that is legally operated. Now, we're not messing around with the ones that aren't licensed. There's lots that are running under the radar. That's a whole other story for another day. But what we find, Jay, is that a lot of these operators are running by the seat of their pants. They don't have any real handle on what their expenses are. You ask a question, something, something simple as, can we see income numbers over the last 24 months? And they don't, we're told you don't need that. You can just get that off of Verbo or Airbnb, which you and I know is not really the case to somebody on the outside, unless you own that unit or have direct access to that case history. What do you see? Do you see this to be a, start to become a nationwide trend where you're starting, you're going to start seeing these short term rentals go on the market as being marketed as the property with this built in business? Or is that something that's pretty much exclusive here to Florida? No, no, that's I've, I've not. All, I've seen both sides of this now, um, where the property is being marketed as that, and I'm also seeing individuals who are offering services to make a quote unquote short term rental in a box, uh, to where you pay a fee up front. They come in, they dress it up, they do it all, and then. For that one fee, you get a short-term rental made. You So you get your whatever rental property you just purchased made into a short-term rental and then ta-da, they're done, you know, as a service provider. So uh, I've seen both sides. I'm seeing both sides of that. And I'm also seeing it in the multifamily space. Uh, I forgot where it was. It was somewhere uh, in the Midwest. I want to say Minnesota, but I'm not 100%. Uh, where they, I think it was a... 42 unit apartment building right. that was built specifically and sold specifically as uh, the whole thing as, as short-term rental. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's coming, it's here. Um, the challenge is again, nobody knows how to run it and therefore you can't properly evaluate it because soon, soon it's here's all you got to do is ask one question. What's rev par? Right. Just that. What's your current rev par? If they don't know, what that is or why you're asking, then you are, you, you, that tells me everything I need to know. And you should evaluate that as a traditional deal until otherwise. Exactly. And a good example of that I'll, there's a hotel chain. We'll put it that way. A nationwide hotel chain. That's got several of these properties on the market right now. And I, when we dug into their, their financial records, they were kind enough to present them. They're kind they're, they're so generous. If you buy one of their in a box of short term rentals, they will help themselves to 50% of the revenue for the purpose of getting you access to the property. You are not allowed to stay in it at all. Um, so 50% management fee right off the t- right off the case. Then there's a monthly maintenance fee that hovers, and this is on one single room. Let's say one room adventure. So really what this is is a glorified hotel room. There's a monthly management fee or maintenance fee rather of $875 a month. That's a lot of maintenance for a 600, 500 square foot room. (laughs) 50%. And here's my, here's my favorite part, Jay. This is the part I love the most in an Island where the average year over year, this is a 10 year spread for an entire decade. The year over year average occupancy rate across the Island uh, for hospitality is 87%. They boast a 42% occupancy. (laughs) So not only are they charging 50% management fee, they guarantee that they'll do a terrible job. <laughs> oh my God. And that's the, that's the thing because the, the other thing we suffer from still, and I hope everybody's listening to this part 
is that the information is still fragmented. I know you say, well, how do I pull comps and this, that, and the other? You can't right. do it the way that you think you should be able to, and you cannot rely on, on an absolute basis on your mash visors, your air DNA. They don't have clean enough data to give you an absolute number. They can give you a range. And if you're looking at those sites, you should consider those numbers your worst case scenario. Right. There is, let me say it differently. There is no unit that I have operated, that any of our students have operated, that ever performs anywhere near that low as to what your what the mash visors and air DNAs of the world are showing you. None. They all outperform them. So that should be your worst case scenario. And I know you think, well, I'll just go on Airbnb and write down the rates. No, because see, I know how to manipulate my price such that you think I'm renting it for $50 a night when in actuality, it's probably closer to 130, but it looks like to you, it's 50. And that's partly marketing. That's partly because I'm competing uh, for the click and you, you don't know any different because you don't understand all of the systems. And here's probably the craziest part is not even understanding that there's a difference between Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, Travelocity, Wimdo, Flipkey. Uh, I could keep going because there's a lot of marketplaces and you don't even understand fundamentally that not all of the marketplaces are created equal, that the same property can make way more money on a completely different site. And then ultimately none of it matters because your goal is to be a direct booking uh, shop anyway. And to further that, those of you listening, when we put together our PPM, part of that process, and for those not that don't know, a PPM is yeah. a private placement memorandum. When we put that together, part of that job is you have to come up with some examples. You have to come up with some <laughs> a track record, right? We put together our pitch deck. I hired a professional pitch deck designer uh, that does this for a living. That's all he does. I hired one of the top uh, SEC compliance attorneys in the country. And when I we submitted our my deal examples off of the the property that we're operating right now is a short-term rental. It was kicked back at me by both entities as yeah. that's not accurate. I'm like, well, it is yeah. accurate. Too good. Too high. That's then right. You can't do that. Yeah. I, I it's like, well, here's what, here's my tax return. Does that help? <laughs> it's like, no, it's actually real. <laughs> I can't, you know, that's right. how much money you can really make. And then like, no, that's, you, you can't show people that because it's too good to be true. I'm like, well, but it's you not. You want to lie to them? That's I mean, right. Yes. I know the feeling. It's, it's, it's stressful, right? You're like, you gotta be kidding me. So I have to literally make my actual numbers worse just to appease the sec and, and uh, you know, that audience that's helping me put this thing together. It was mind blowing to me. It was like, wow, what then again, those days when I don't like being in the business, <laughs> I will reflect back on this and go, it's not all that bad. <laughs> no, right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I'm still doing that too. Like when I tell people like, you know, when they're like, does this really work? Can I really earn money? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, I, I don't talk about the numbers because if I told them what the real numbers were, they wouldn't believe it anyway. They wouldn't do anything with it. And that, but this is to me, I think this is the, the leveling of, of real estate. This is the thing that creates the opportunity for 
even the person with the horrible credit score, no experience, no degree, but lots of hustle to finally get in and make something happen. And to do so in a multiple six, multiple seven figure kind of way. That's right. Absolutely right. And this reminds me of a conversation that you and I had years and years and years ago. And I want to say it was probably 2015. You said to me, your words were someday, Tyler, you're going to look back at this and you're going to laugh. And buddy, you're right. I'm laughing every single day. (laughs) Um, Right. We were talking about a, I I bought some, my first couple apartment buildings and admittedly they were rough and whatnot, but I got to tell you. In the end, it turned out to be an absolute home run. And it really, and you, you nailed it. You said, look, at the end of the day, you're going to come out of this without the fear that you went into it, but you're going to come out of it with the confidence that's going to take you to the next level. And man, that's absolutely true. And here's a funny story because I'm, you've never heard the story, Jay, but you're going to get a kick out of this. So my last building, so got those of you, a lot of you know, I bought property up in Memphis, Tennessee years ago. Um, cut my teeth in Memphis, got a little beat up around and, you know, trying to ne- negotiate a JU invested Memphis as well. Prior to me, we all got a, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Rod, Rod Cleef. We all got our, our Memphis PhD. And, hey, uh, Rod, what's up? Yeah. But, um, three days before closing, I'm the last building. I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. I got this home run deal to get this building closed. Everything's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm so excited. I get a phone call. You remember Danny, uh, from, yes. uh, okay. So yeah. Danny calls yeah. me, he goes, Tyler, we got a problem. I said, you don't ever call me with problems. Danny, you're the guy that always calls me after you solve yeah. them. It's always solved by the time he right. calls. So if Danny calls and says, we have a problem, we got a big one. <laughs> and he says, well, he goes, the peop- the lady upstairs in apartment 12, she actually thinks that, uh, Donald Trump owns the building. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, she thinks Donald Trump's buying the building and she's going to make sure, or yeah, he's buying the building and she's going to make sure that this building is not going to be habitable for sale. So what she did was she packed lard, she poured lard down the drains and filled up two of the apartments. And this is on a 12 unit building I had in Memphis, filled up two of the downstairs apartments waist deep with raw sewage three days before closing. Come on. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Danny's like, well, you know, we're going to board these up. The city's, and she's called the city. So the city's red tagged us for sanitation and, and all that issue, right? The health department's involved. It's a train wreck. It's a nightmare. And I remember you had said long before, when I first got involved in investing and was training with you, you had said, always make sure that you adequately insure anything you own. And for a time there, I almost did not insure these assets when I bought them. But I went ahead and did it because I thought, well, I'm going to cut corners and I'm just going to save the insurance cost because after all, six grand a year seemed like a lot of money. And I thought, and, and my property manager just assumed that I, like every other uh, multifamily owner in Memphis, didn't have insurance. So that's why he thought, oh my God, this is terrible. I took your second piece of advice, Jay, besides getting insurance. And I immediately got on the phone with the public adjuster. The public adjuster said, don't worry. You pay me to worry. What you do need to do is call the buyer and save the deal. So I called the buyer. I said, we got a problem. He says, no, we don't. I'm going to renovate the whole first floor anyway, so I don't really care. We'll close as as scheduled. I'm like, okie dokie. Well, we closed. I had a home run on the sale of that thing, and I got a $105,000 insurance claim check that I didn't have to share. I got paid out on the insurance six months after I sold the building because we filed the claim three days before closing. 
home run. So thank you very much. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I am still educating people on that play. Yes. Because I mean, and, and, and it, the, the, Oh my God. The last person I shared that information with, I mean, we're talking, uh, was, I don't know, his net worth, multiple tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And I, it, it, he didn't know because again, if you don't know, you don't know, but when you do know, then suddenly new things come uh, to, to light. Oh my God. That is exciting right there. Cause, Oh yeah. Yes. I, yes. See? You got me all kinds of excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge win. <laughs> I got to tell you, we were worth 6,000 a month or 6,000 a year, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's well worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know. And, and it's what we don't know about insurance for sure. That we, I mean, that's why it feels like a cost is because you don't know how to use it to actually to your benefit. And it's what you paid for. And the insurance industry isn't going to take any time to educate us on, on, on how to use the policy and make the best types of claims. Their job is to pay the claim. Weird. Our job is to make it not be told what the claim is. And, and, oh my God, that is, man, I'm on a whole new level right now. Oh, well, you'll love this little extra tidbit. I left, I failed to, to include. They initially said when I called them and I went to file a claim that it wasn't covered. <laughs> 24 hours later, we had an adjuster on a plane. Yeah, it was covered. <laughs> it was beyond covered. Yeah, exactly. See, oh, so great. Yeah. Beyond covered, which let's, let's, let's talk about failure real quick. It, Two most sure. common things. What, what are the two most common things? If you could just off the top of your head, two most common reasons somebody that starts an SDR, opens a short-term rental business, fails. I know you've seen, you've probably seen a couple of them fail. The, maybe it's the guy that buys, buys in, gets educated, but then doesn't open the the chapter of the book. I know lots of people have done that. Well, um, and that's what I was going to say. It's it's not what it is. Is that you think you already know. And you're thinking about you, not them. So this is here's my here's here's how that thought process is evidenced. If you were trying to build your short term rentals off of <laughs> Craigslist and Ikea, right. that tells me you're thinking about you, not the experience the customer's having. When you think uh, a flea market is is a way to, to, to make sure that you can get your art and all of your decorations, and, and if I said art and decorations, and you're just like, art, I don't need no art, then you're the person I'm, I'm talking about. If you have not yet learned that you cannot use a real estate photographer, uh, but you, you, and you actually should pay for photos, regardless of how good you think you are and your cell phone camera, then it is failing to make the necessary investment out of fear of, will I get a return? Will anyone stay there? Blah, 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 blah. And, it it that which is just in a, it's a lack of understanding. You don't understand what you're doing and why the marketplace will respond positively. That is probably the biggest right there, right behind it. Right. If they try to appeal to everybody, when the secret is to try to appeal to just your hundred thousand, your one million people. Meaning 
go as weird and as wacky as we are as humans. If you are into something, there's probably at least another million people who are also into that weird, wacky thing, too. That's true. And let your freak flag fly. Describe it. Show it. Create an experience around it. Because here's the thing. That person to whom you are speaking will pay you properly to have that experience. Said another way, that probably the craziest example I've ever seen was a, a short-term rental decorated in all spiders. Now, wow. I'm an arachnophobe, like no body <laughs> business. And so a big, like life-size spider over the bed that's like a sculpture thing is not going to be someplace I'm going to stay. But apparently some of y'all out there like spiders a lot. And that's good. Um, y'all can have fun with that. That's right. And that place was, I mean, I was like, how much are they? Pay? And they got reviews. And I'm just like, okay, that's it. it. It just doesn't matter. They're covered wagons, people. Go get you a covered wagon. Right. Put it outside and done. You know, it, it, it's, it's really <laughs> crazy. But if you're into it, there's a way to make this thing work. And, and it's going down the niches that make the money. And But being afraid to do that, trying to appeal to everyone, that's why you're vacant. That's why you're not making the money you think you should. That's why you're always feeling like you have to get a discount. That's why it feels like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for who your customers are that are always asking for a discount and beating you up on price and blah, 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 blah. It's because you're just not talking to anyone specific. You mean to tell me there's operators out there that give a discount? <laughs> That's right. Not, that's, that's not how <laughs> right. I was taught. <laughs> it is, it is, anyway, you know, it, that? It, yeah. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And, 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 and it's fear that fear on the front end prevents them from making the necessary investments of time, effort, energy, uh, and, and, and humility, to be honest. I mean, you don't know. I don't care how many times you stayed at a hotel until you started providing temporary housing. You don't know. I promise because it's, it's different. Once you're the supplier, you look at all of these experiences. I can't, you know, man, I've been to a hotel since starting this business and it's not, it's not the same anymore. No, I can't go into the hotel without taking up. One of the first things I do, I take out my phone and I start looking for any new devices, technology, something that they're using. I'm just like, Oh, why'd they do it that way? I mean, all the time. And it's just, it's just different. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Now, I'm biased. Obviously, I'm a student of yours. I've taken, I've actually taken and then I believe it or not, followed the advice that you give and it served me well, which would probably be the biggest understatement I've ever made in my life. Uh, I took what I learned from you and in, in your raising private capital, wholesaling, you name it, apartments. I don't remember all the names of the different things that we took, but bottom line is it worked, right? Like anything else, if you apply it, it works. Your method of teaching was that which helped me get out of my own way. And for me, that's a lot because I'm a stubborn cuss. I was a stubborn cuss until I started, until I started learning to listen to logic and applying logic. That said, for the person listening to this episode, they're thinking, you know what? And I'm going to go so far before I even say that. It doesn't matter to me if you want to be a, an operator in this business, if you want to go out there and, and start a short, short-term rental, this applies. But this is also, I'm going to give this advice to the people that want to invest in this space 
passively. I want you to sign up. I want you to go. I'm a, Jay's going to give us a place to go to get some value, to learn about this business. Because here's the thing. I do believe if you're going to invest in this passively, to do so and not understand what you're investing in would be dangerous for you. Because I think that if you learn the right way it's supposed to be done, you're going to be able to sit there on those boring, dry webinars when they're trying to explain to you about IRR and all these crazy things that even the syndicator doesn't understand a lot of times. They're quoting IRR on properties they haven't sold yet. And they're talking about uh, cash flow multiple or whatever lingo Grant Cardone has come up with this week to drag, drag all the poor millennials in to buy more courses. Either way, whether you're going to do it actively, you're going to do this passively, I would like all of you to take a minute, take a chapter out of what Jay has to offer, consume that information, learn about what you're investing, understand the business model, and then sit down and pick your provider and make it happen. Jay, how do they go to the next step? They're either that person that's, they want to do it actively, they want to get started, maybe they want to do one to seven units, they want to do a hundred units, they or they just want to invest some of their money from their IRA and they want to learn how to do this so they don't get, so they know what to look for. How do they start that journey with you? So I appreciate, thank you for, for the opportunity. And I hope everyone is listening because there's the, the starting point is always has been education. In fact, that's how, that's how and why I started making videos and courses is because in the process of raising capital, just for people to participate with money, I had to, I kept teaching them the basics, like literally starting over all the time. So um, that is a, a, a program we call the blueprint. It's just basically the blueprint, uh, blueprint. So if you just text the word blueprint, nothing else, no additional words, just one word blueprint all together, no spaces, blueprint to 949-506-5255 you will receive a link and you can have that for free. It's literally eight hours of information and you'll be able to look at it going, okay, this is all the work that the operator is doing that I'm not doing. So now you'll know what they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing and why it's worth it for them to earn what they earn. And if you find an operator who doesn't do these things, you'll be in the perfect position to know that, oh, well, I can't work with you because, and, and typically if you ask someone around their screening, safety and security procedures, it gets revealed. And we go through this in the blueprint. You'll see, you'll understand step-by-step, point-by-point uh, what we mean by screening, safety and security. Cause this is one of the things operators mess up, especially the novice ones. So again, just text the word blueprint to 949-506-5255. That'll get you started. That'll put you in the right space. It'll give you the ability to ask all the right questions. And now all you got to do is actually watch the video. <laughs> it's not that hard, but you can do this. That way you'll protect your capital, period. That's what I would do. That is great advice. And guys, you heard it right there. And if you didn't catch it the first time, maybe you missed it the second time. It's text the word blueprint. Nothing else but blueprint to 949 949- 506-5255. That gets you started on the journey. You guys have been listening to this episode for or this podcast for 300 weeks, most of you. Those that haven't got to 300, well, you'll be hearing this shortly. But here I can assure you that if you take the steps 
that you learned in today's episode and you actually apply them. And that starts with texting the word blueprint to 949-506-5255. You can get on the road to making it happen. Guys, can't keep it any simpler. I'll catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.